Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K. Wimmer. I am Raya Rose. Hi. <laughs> oh, hi. Are you ready to um, flex your muscles for this week? No, my muscles are sore, but I'm ready. Why are your muscles sore? I've been going to the gym. I met with a <laughs> trainer the other day, and she humiliated me. Yeah. I'm so sore. I'm so sore. I tried to lift things today and I couldn't. Fun, fun tale. Um, we're doing one of the machines because I'm intimidated by them. So she made me do them. And she took me over to one and I couldn't do it very well. And she's like, we'll try this one because a, a very old man had just gotten off of it. And by very old, I mean, he was feeble. And she left it at his setting and I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so sore, and I feel like I'm probably almost buff. All right. Well, not quite Deathstalker buff. Almost. Pretty close. Pretty much. You definitely look like you're wearing a wig like he did. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Cool. I love to hear that. All right. Well, this week we are doing a sword and sorcery staple of the 80s, Deathstalker, that uh, had three spinoffs. I can't believe that. I can. And um, our our man, Wynorski, got involved in it. So <sighs> I can believe that. I think they get more fun as they go on, because this one is not that fun. But um, we're not going to, to get into that right <laughs> It's now. not that fun. But keep listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, disregard everything I just said. <laughs> no, I... It is fun, but there's a footnote on that fun. Look, if you like to see heads flying through the air in a non-realistic fashion, this is the movie for you. This is. This is this is definitely the movie for you. This is not... Uh, sorry, guys. This is not the golden child. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next week. Uh, sure. Next week. It has been a crazy week. So... Yeah. I... Oh, we don't talk about what we do normally, but I uh, compose music for films and i have been working on a feature documentary and the deadline was pushed extremely up yeah and i have been doing rapid fire lightning speed composing but as of today uh-huh. i just finished sending everything off so i'll have a few days for review and revisions but yeah i'm feeling pretty good because yeah. it was crazy it was uh, <laughs> i feel like this is the first time i've seen or talked to you all week yeah uh, it it feels like that too yeah so here we go in front of a microphone yeah so that happened and um we've just been busy but i'm ready to talk i'm ready to flex i'm ready to uh, swing my sword and see what happens but <laughs> uh, did you have any so, speaking of swinging swords and and missing um Thrift store finds. I'm not, I just another week that wasn't that great for me. I, I thought I had a find. So I found these old paper lanterns and I was going to put some like, I, I'd seen a cool like project, a way to like revamp just the regular old paper lanterns. Uh, wait, was this on um, Etsy? Pinterest, or Pinterest, dude. Oh. Get your app straight. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to do that. It's cute. And I had my own little spin on it. Thought it was going to be great. But it didn't come with the thing that holds the shape of the, like the, when you, you know how you get them and they're flat, those paper lanterns? I do. And yeah. you pop and lock them. Okay. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what it means, right? Yeah. Uh, it didn't have the lock. So you could just pop it and then it would fall back in on itself. Oh, that's a bummer. Is it wrong that I just put it back into the bag to go 
back to a thrift store? No, because somebody else might be able to do something with it. Really? Yep. Okay. One what? person's junk is still junk. <laughs> Keep your junk in your pants. Yeah. What, <laughs> so what was your thrift store find? <laughs> um, my, my thrift store find was a movie tie-in book for Encino Man. <laughs> oh my goodness. It looks awesome and I'm excited to read it. You paid money for that. You have to read it. Yeah, it was like 25 cents and I'm super excited to read it. I want you to read it now. Like okay, we should we should start Patreon and as bonus content it's just you reading reading in Cino Man. In a Polly Shore impression. <laughs> we in the gym. Okay, buddy. <laughs> no. Do you think what's worse? Uh Polly Shore fake Polly Shore impressions or Austin Power impressions? Oh I like that's a very real I know. conundrum. I just stumped you, didn't I? I'm I'm really like weighing this and I can't Let's throw it up on our Instagram. Uh we'll do a poll. Which is worse. Which is worse, an Austin Powers impression or a, a Polly Shore impression? Oh my goodness, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, let's get to the movie. Oh, I this like seriously tweaked my melon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Death Stalker 1983. We are in Deathstalker was the first of a uh, 10-movie deal that producer Roger Corman uh, struck up. Deathstalker, there were supposed to be 10? No, uh, like just of movies. In that general? He, for Argentina. So he joined forces with another producer for this uh, production company in Argentina. It was run by Hector Olivia or Oliveira. I don't know. How would you say it? How is it spelled? O-L-I-V-E-R-A. Oliveira? Okay, well, I was right then. Good. Hector. Hector Oliveira. Okay. That was him. The uh, um, Argentinian version of Roger Corman. Okay. I don't know if that's true. Probably is. <laughs> Let's is all... write it as fact. I'm I'm just making it up as I go here. Write it on Wikipedia and it is fact. Well, It'll... that's where I got it, so it must be fact. It overwrites any realities. No, this was shot in Buenos Aires. Buenos Aires. Which, when you think of that, what do you think? Uh, nothing. I have no thoughts about it. Why? Isn't that where, um, where what Rico's family is in Starship Troopers? <laughs> That's like all I think about. I just snorted my drink out of my nose. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was uh, really cool. Okay. Thank you for that. So then that's a yes? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I thought. So that's what this is. This is the first of 10 movies that these guys put out together. All a lot of sword and sorcery, um, some real gems, Barbarian Queen, all those kind of things. So we'll get to them, but whatever. Will we? I don't know if we'll get to them on the podcast, but we'll talk about them a little bit here. Oh, okay. This was directed by James Spardelity. I think that's how you say it. But he went by John Watson. That's a little bit easier. Okay. Well, it's easier for us Americans. It stars Rick Hill from... King of the Hill. Warrior Queen. Oh. And Lana Clarkson from... Am I just supposed to guess? Mm -hmm. Um, Fried Green Tomatoes. (laughs) Barbarian Queen. (laughs) You really, you could have just... You could have got it. But... Okay. Rick Hill, he's ripped in this. Oh, that's... Deathstalker? That's Deathstalker. Okay. Uh, do you think that's his first or last name? Uh, I think it's 
um, the first name is silent. Okay. It's just P's and N's. <laughs> Deathstalker's spelled with a P. And his, that's his first initial. Okay. okay. This opens with some really dramatic music. Boy, let me tell you. Well, Super it, dramatic. We've got a lot going on because we're in a world that we don't understand immediately. Do you ever understand this world? No. No, you don't. Have you ever seen this one before? No, you no have, sir. You've never no. caught this on whatever, Up USA. All Night? <laughs> no. Well, you were like a big Up All Night person, right? No, but I did occasionally watch it. That's not fair. You oh. can't, like, put me in the Up All Night category. Okay. I well. saw, like, eight of them. All right. That's... Times ten. I think that's about seven more than I've seen. Shush. Whatever. Times ten. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen this no? either. This I, this is definitely a first time watch. I wasn't sure if I had seen it. I've seen part uh, three and four for sure, and okay. I'm pretty sure I've seen part two. Not positive. Okay. But so you may have completed the quartet. I could have. Maybe. However, if I'm that unclear, I should probably rewatch them at oh, this point. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, let's get back to this dramatic music that opens with... Are these... Okay, there's going to be a lot of this in this whole episode. I'm not sure what half these things are. Is this a troll? Are these trolls? No, I think they're... Actually, I don't know. I think they're mutants, maybe? Are they? Well, they're not... There's nothing cohesive. They're all, like, variations of weird. It's like they said, go to the makeup trailer... Or maybe it was like a buffet folding table where some makeup people sat. Yeah. And they're like, just have them go crazy. And then we'll put some rags on you and we'll make you a cohesive group somehow. Okay. That's why I assumed mutants. Because like one had like a big tooth, another had a bulbous nose. But there there wasn't anything that unified them all beyond scraggly clothes. Okay. And a lust for, I don't know, not even blood. They were just attacking. I think these are trolls. I think they're mutants. Okay, well, mute, oh, mutant, mutant trolls! trolls. Okay. Compromise! Okay, so these mutant trolls surround a guy who has this babe tied up, and... They're in ruins. Here's a shock. If there's a babe in this film, mm-hmm. uh, you can be guaranteed somebody's trying to rape her at all given time. Multiple <laughs> people are probably trying to rape her. I mean, it's basically just like reality. But, like, let's put this on the table and just move on. There is basically an unending attempted sexual assault in <laughs> this movie. There's this review that I read. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, from the Boston Globe when it came out. Oh. Would you like to hear it? How was it received at the intro? Uh, mixed reviews. It did really well really? on tape once it came out. Like, really? once all the dudes in their mom's basement were like, oh, yeah, and, like, put their headbands on and lifted weights and yeah. then watched Deathstalker. If you like oiled muscles, this is the this movie This is definitely you. the movie for you if you like looking at uh, buff men. But the <laughs> Boston Globe said, quote, a cauldron brimming with stale filmmaking, stone-faced acting, and primitive editing. Aside from the nasty rapes, I lost count after six. Oh. And the endless violence, Deathstalker drips with derivative dullness. The movie <laughs> is so bad, the director can't even give you a creditable decapitation. Oh, it's that's... Like, mm. on the nose. It, it was pretty accurate. Okay. Well, However, 
this is not this person's not sharing my opinion about the film like with every episode we do it may seem we're not into it but we'll talk about it at the end okay the los angeles times said that they thought it was funny on purpose pleasantly silly and it, they had a good time so i think that they got the the dry humor in the b side of it mm. but yeah this could be divisive it's tricky because it may be that some people involved understood that this was comical and not serious and other people took it very seriously yeah. i think with film as as opposed to other uh, genres of the art world when there are so many voices involved, some people may not be on the same page. <laughs> right, yeah. And I feel like every person was on their own page. Like, every actor, every writer, every makeup artist. Yeah. Every single person had their own thing going. Like, they were just willing to do whatever they wanted. That, okay, I will say that about this film. This is like, take your sword and sorcery film. Okay. And then I've turn it, it to 11. Because it is really, like... Everything's amped up in this film. It's a lot. A lot of a lot. The muscles, the brutality, the sexuality. Everything is just like through the roof. It's, yeah. It, which does make it fun. I think that's part of where I'm at with this. And once we get through it, maybe I'll have a, a better formed opinion. But there's something really kind of fantastic about just going like, look, if we're going to do it, let's go all in. Like, don't be middle ground about it. And Deathstalker... The reason why this has cult status is because of the sword and sorcery films. This is the one. This is the one that's like full on everything goes. They threw it all in the pot. Put it all in there. So we've got one dude. He gets attacked by these mutant trolls. And then we think like the trolls run off with him and the girl. And then Deathstalker has come in, and we think he's there to, like, save the lady. Yeah, he kills he's everybody. not either. Nope. No. No, he's not a good person. <laughs> he, yeah, he is not a likable he's a, uh, hero. No, he's awful. Yeah, he just definitely uh, is out to, for himself. Which, hey, look, that's this type of film. It's survival of the fittest. However, usually they're a little likable. Well, he's, he's supposed to be not. the hero. He's supposed to be, like, the one, the chosen boy. Yeah, but even from the beginning with his actions, I'm not rooting for him no. ever in this film to succeed. Does he do anything that is redeeming? I don't think so. Okay. Well, we've got that established. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is only one character who tries to do the right thing, and she is killed. <laughs> and she is very sexy while she is killed. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah. We'll get to her. Okay. <laughs> well, we so, already discussed her, but... We'll get more okay, to her. yeah. So, he has arrived. He kills everybody. And then there's also an old man. I think he's supposed to be a sidekick. Yeah, that was unclear, too. But he he's disappears. Definitely a voyeur. <laughs> and then Deathstalker goes into... A, it's like a village. And there's an old king sitting on a throne under a tent. And he's upset because his his uh, kingdom has been taken over by a magician. It used to be, I think, the court magician. But it seems like he's been ruling for a really long time. So it's a bummer for this king who has been, like, staked out under a tent. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants Deathstalker to help because his, his daughter has been abducted. Right, the princess. One thing you failed to mention, which was funny, is... When he rescues the woman, Uh um, that guy who had her that was uh, being attacked by the mutant trolls, Mm -hmm. that guy is like trying to barter with Deathstalker. Oh, yeah. 
I've taken some treasure here. And a girl from the valley. I'll share them with you. One who lives here won't be very pleased. Let him fight for it, then. <laughs> Take it all. It's, it's yours. Take it. I intend to. And then, what does he do? Does he throw his sword? Oh, he throws his sword mm -hmm. through him and pins him to the tree. That's awkward. It's pretty cool. And then he gives a one-liner about death, too. <laughs> and then we go to the castle where there's a harem. I'm not sure if it's actually at the magician's castle or, like, in the village, but there's this harem. There's, like, a, a little fountain in the center and a bunch of sexy ladies are just lounging around. It's all the wives of the... Um, magician. Okay. So the magician, this like sorcerer guy. Yes. He's, he's taken Moon over the Kai. castle of the king who's just, um, sitting in a forest in a Under tent. Under a tent. Waiting to be, uh, given his castle back. Yeah. So Munkar <laughs> really has depressing. his, his harem, his castle, and there are, we come to some of Munkar's like lackeys. And they're trying to get a sword of Kang. Who is Kang? Doesn't matter. Sounds cool. They're trying to get this sword. And only an old witch, I guess? She's like mm. in a weird straw hut. The hut was pretty cool. I feel like a, one of the things that I really liked about this film are the sets. I know that they're just campy and cheesy, but I thought they were cool. They're fun. It the, feels like a, a high school film or high school theater production. A little bit. I would say inside the castle, though, with all yeah. the sexy, scantily clad babes and the dudes in, like, leather all muscly, it's like a Dio video. It, oh. it feels very much like you could have just said, hold on, brought in, like, Thor or Ronnie James Dio or somebody like that and said... Okay, now shoot your music video in this set. And it would have been, like, nobody would have thought twice about it. Yeah. It definitely had this cool metal vibe to it. Yeah, it did. The babes will kind of look like they all listen to metal, too. For sure. Yeah. For you sure. You know they did. Yeah. You know when they were at the, like, snack tray, they were listening to metal. Okay. <laughs> so while these horsemen are trying to get the Sword of Kang... Um, it's revealed that Munkar has two-thirds of the powers of creation, whatever they are. It's never clarified, but the three powers are the amulet, which has the power of light, the chalice of magic, which he has both of those, one and two, the amulet and the chalice. So he has magic and the power of light, whatever that may be. But he's trying to get this third, the Sword of Kang, which is apparently the instrument of justice. And once he has all three, I guess his power will be infallible. So he's really on the hunt for this Sword yeah. of Kang. The amulet, though, we, we do see with that magician guy who is being attacked by the witch. She has a snake around his neck. And then yes. he is like, you'll never get me. And then he transforms into a hawk. Yeah, like you do. And flies off. It's pretty cool. I wish I could transform into a hawk. Yeah, I'm all for it. Just as the amulet is the key to life, so the sword is the instrument of justice. I will tell you how to find it. With your strength and courage, Deathstalker, you can use the power in the sword to get the amulet. He who wears it cannot die. With sword and amulet, you can take the chalice and reunite the three powers of creation. Look, let me show you. And so Deathstalker has been shown the way, and he's going to go into a cave 
and find the sword. And this scene... Well, the witch seems to think he's a hero. That's why she sends him into the cave, because she knows where the Sword of Kang is. She doesn't actually have it. She has the information for the appropriate hero. There is a funny scene where he walks up to, like, uh, the river, and he's looking down, and then her reflection is like, get on it, you don't have a lot of time. And it just she's just, like, nagging him yeah. to get on it. And then he looks, and he sees this little cave, and he goes in. This is... The easiest task for anybody ever. Yeah. The fact that an almighty sorcerer who already has two of the three things could not take the sword. Because we don't have to go into every detail, but he goes in. There's this like mutant, another troll. Right? Is this a troll? This one looks like a... He, he a goblin. Looks, no. No, he looks more like a chimpanzee man. No, that, that's the, the helper. The big, big thing that oh, has Oh, it's the just sword. a giant. A troll or giant troll thing that lives in the cave. So this is a different kind of troll. There are two people in the cave that Deathstalker encounters. <laughs> yeah, I know. One is a giant troll thing. One is a chimpanzee thing. It's like a mutant chimpanzee. He has to fight the giant troll thing. But the chimpanzee thing says, like, Deathstalker, and throws him the sword. Yes. So he never actually fought for the sword. He didn't have to do anything besides show sword up. sword was just actually laying there and another random creature was like oh here's the sword take it no he's been protecting it very loosely apparently because he just tosses it to the first person to walk through the (laughs) cave (laughs) he's very impressed by that guy's muscles yeah and then there's like this weird scene where he's like i've been living in the cave eating rabbits and or like rats and salamanders but (laughs) he's like eight feet in the mouth of this cave he could just step out or, like, lean out with his mouth open and something else would come into it. Well, he destroys this guy, ends up getting the sword, and then, oh, one thing we do definitely have to mention about this uh, brilliant scene is that he leads, the the mutant chimpanzee is like, oh, yeah. I'm actually a really attractive person, I've got a curse on me. Yes. Then Deathstalker turns into a little child version of himself. Yeah. Why? Did I miss something? No. It doesn't make sense. He leads out the chimpanzee mutant as a child version of himself. Mm -hmm. Then as soon as they're like five feet further outside, Mm -hmm. he turns back into normal Deathstalker. And then the guy turns into his normal self, who is not a handsome guy. He's just this, like, middle-aged dude. Just some guy. Okay. What was the point of any of that? I don't know. Also, Magic. Magic and, and sorcery. I think the chimpanzee guy who tor- turned into just some dude is named Sauron. Is he? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. They said something <laughs> like, like that. Fast and loose <laughs> with that. <laughs> so, uh, Deathstalker then helps rescue some other guy named Ogres, O-G-H-R-S, and a sexy topless lady comes up and battles them. Yeah. The Well, Ogres is... Actually, this guy is uh, Jason from Friday Part 3. Oh, he's ripped, too. He but is he, so ripped. He yeah. looks tiny compared to Deathstalker. He is... Ripped and taller than Deathstalker, but yet somehow looks smaller than him. They gave him the lower quality uh, muscle oil. He also has this, like, leather-clad crop top. (laughs) It's like, uh, remember what Dave Gahan from Depeche Mode used to wear in the 80s? Oh, yeah. It's like if he was a barbarian version of that. Ooh. It's uh, it's very, uh, it's it's definitely his mid-drift showing. Oh, hush. But... 
Also, we failed to mention when um, Child Deathstalker comes out of the cave and mm-hmm. he holds up the sword and turns back to normal Deathstalker. Full on He-Man right here. Yeah. Where he's like, I have the power. And the sword glows. And then the sword glows. Yeah. I'm a big He-Man fan. Yeah, you are. Uh, Wait, did I say that too enthusiastically? You <laughs> no, kind of paused. You're looking right up at Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain sitting right there on the shelf. So He-Man came out the same year. What do you think came first? I don't know. Chicken or the egg, Eric? Well, we watched that documentary on Masters of the Universe. They didn't talk about Deathstalker. They did not. Hmm. Maybe it's mm. willful ignorance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he, there's also like some weird statement about choosing your friends. And Deathstalker now chooses Ogress and the extremely sexy battle lady. And by extremely sexy, I mean she wears sometimes clothes that cover her breasts, but mostly just a cape. And the rest of her is topless and some underwear. Yeah, she's like female vampire. <laughs> she's like a, a Jess Franco creation where she just walks around topless with a cape on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which seems cool, but not so much if you're going into battle. It seems very vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, you want to cover them up. She's cool with it. And so she's she's there to battle, and they all are going to, uh, I guess at some point, maybe right now, they're establishing the fact that the magician is having a tournament and this is information that we glean over the course of, like, half of the movie. But the magician is having a tournament to see who will take over his kingdom when he dies. Which doesn't really make sense because we know he is making an active effort to live forever. He also has, like, 400 women just hanging out. No reason. Also, he has... Okay. Can we well, talk about his tattoo? This is Munkar. Munkar the... Munkar. What do you think of that name? Munkar. I, I think they just grab bagged some letters okay. and pushed them together until they had something that sounded so cool. So Munkar is our our big this villain. This is the magician, yes. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the... Um, well, it's a magic trick in and of itself. Yeah, so he has a tattoo. Right. It kind of looks like a spider, but also kind of like a bird. Also, like a scorpion, it's somebody's artistic interpretation, for it's, sure. It, a whole head tattoo, because let's talk about his look. Oh, yeah. He's bald. Yep. But he has a dyed black goatee. Yep. Okay, this and is And a the, cape. This is the way I would say. This is how I describe it. If he was not on set in this kind of period clothes, he mm-hmm. would definitely be wearing a black turtleneck. Yeah. Not and only that. snapping after somebody reads a poem. He would be, in real life, an amateur magician. He yeah. looks like a guy who does shows at like kids' parties, but he also looks like he wants to be really hardcore and maybe pretends he listens to Slayer, but mm-hmm. we all know he's actually like a poser that mm-hmm. listens to Meatloaf. He, oh, he looks he like that guy. He would do anything for magic. No, but he looks like that guy. He's and- not a believable supervillain sorcerer. But you're a little bit hard if you have a half-head face tattoo. Unless... Your tattoo changes head sides. And it does. It changed a couple times. That was awesome. (laughs) We had to pause it and be like, wait, wasn't this huge tattoo on the other side of his head? That's a tremendous oversight. So big that I think it was intentional. Yeah. Because that would have to be the director not noticing, all of the other actors, the actor upon whose head it has been put, and the makeup artists. 
Like, that's a lot of people choosing to not notice that the head tattoos move. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Do you remember, uh, I, I think it's this, because it's been, gosh, probably 20 years, but Hot Shots Part Do. Part Do, yes. Doesn't she have a mole that keeps yeah, yeah. rotating, like, changing positions on her face? Uh-oh. Molly cow, molly, 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 molly. <laughs> <laughs> So then they go to the magician is having, uh, he's with a young man. There's no rhyme or reason to any of the scene. There's a, a guy whose eye has been gouged out. Oh, he's like a little, like a boy, like, like a, a teenage teen. boy. He has, so he has no eye. Mooncar has this. It's on a tray. He opens up a box and out comes like a wormy mo- box monster. <laughs> Feeds it the eye. <laughs> it has no point nope. to anything. Was this ever explained? No. He, In no way. At a later time, he feeds it the guy's fingers, too. Yeah. So he just has this hand puppet uh, mutant creature that lives inside of, like, a Hobby Lobby treasure chest mm-hmm. that comes out occasionally that he feeds this teenager's body parts, too. For okay, no reason. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I loved everything about this. Yeah, whole it was hilarious. I, it was so funny. It was so ridiculous. Especially that it was never explained that there was just this suffering teenage boy <laughs> who just kept having body parts fed to a hand puppet. And at one point, Moonkai goes by and pats this boy who's chained to a column, <laughs> missing fingers and eyeballs. He just like gently pats him on the shoulder. And I laughs. loved it. We find out that the princess who was stolen from the king who's, like, squatting in the forest somewhere. Yes. The princess, we see her, and he is, uh, Munkar has tied her up, and is this a competition to see who can rape her? I think that's what this is. Okay, yep, actually, yes. He just chains her up and says, like, okay, you know, here you go, and then everybody just starts battling, and as they're battling, they, like kick a guy off and then run over and tear her clothes and dry hump her. And then another guy's like, uh-uh, and then dry humps her. And it's like, it goes on for a long time, but I'm pretty sure that's what this whole scene is. Yeah, he introduces her as his newest wife. And then all of these people who are there for this tournament that they have vaguely alluded to are now welcomed to fight each other to see who gets to sleep with Munkar's, and by sleep with, I mean sexually assaults Munkar's newest wife. Yeah, like on the spot. But then uh, Deathstalker is just watching mm-hmm. and like smiling the whole time. Like he finds, he, this is pretty funny to him. He's, he's a funny guy. He's watching it. He's enjoying in the sexy like cape topless babe warrior. She's upset and she wants to do something. And Deathstalker's like, no, 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 no. And then Deathstalker gets up and he's like, okay, I'll fight everybody off because I'm like He-Man now. And then he does. And I'm like, okay. Finally, we have like a redeeming quality about this character. Nope. But no, he just takes her and he's like, well, she's mine. And he says, send her to my room later. Oh, we should also talk about the guy who he beat. It was a guy with a pig face. I loved this character so much. So he's like a wrestler with a pig face who previously ate a pig head. Yes. This is a really cool character. Okay. I think this is supposed to be the character on the cover of the box, of the VHS box art. Okay. Except he's like twice the size of Deathstalker on the cover. Oh, no. He's a tiny man, actually. Well, he's ripped. I mean, yes. massive. But he's short in stature. I didn't look into the cast, but they must have hired quite a bit of professional wrestlers. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, because these guys are stacked. Pigman, by the way, does something that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Not only am I already a fan of him... But he's beating up this guy, 
And then he pulls a full-on Deadly Prey scene where he rips off the arm oh, and he... beats the guy with the arm. And it's amazing. I'm a fan. Okay, I won't go into details, but I wrote a feature a while back. Never got made, but one of the scenes in the movie, mm-hmm. this is before I ever saw this or anything like that, was uh, the central character ripped the arms off of somebody and beat them with them. So I have a special place in my heart for anybody that beats somebody with limbs that they just ripped off of somebody. Oh, yeah. And so this pig man's like, he's the he, guy for me. He's, he's, he's definitely an, my... He's compelling. My, yeah. He's a compelling he should have character. Been, I would like to see a spinoff with him. That would, I would have been cool. Too. I would have definitely watched it. He's a good good guy to hate. Uh, Deathstalker goes to his room, and Munkar goes and has one of his minions through magic. Like, some dude, he's, like, conspiring, and he's like, you've got to kill Deathstalker and get me the sword. Like, kill him when he's not touching the sword, because I guess he can't die when he's touching his sword? Although he loses his sword... Constantly. Constantly. Yeah. Like, he's walking and has to open a door. He's like, oh, drops his sword to open his door. Or he's just walking and and drops his sword. Mm -hmm. He's definitely, um, I don't know. He's not very sword conscious. I feel like it's not that hard to get Deathstalker's sword from him. No, but they decide that they've got to do some serious trickery. So... He transforms his minion through magic. This is awesome. And this transformation scene's ridiculous because he's like, you're going to be the princess. And it's some dude in like, you know, kind of a loincloth situation. And he's like, starts grabbing his chest like he's growing boobs, but nothing is happening. And then he grabs his crotch and then it's just suddenly the girl who's playing the princess is standing there. And the guy is like all for it. And he sashays in the sexiest way out of the room. <laughs> He's like, this is my life. This is what it's all been leading up to. And he goes into Deathstalker's room and tries to seduce him. Like, he, casually. He's really okay with it. He's like, you know, whatever, teach their own. But I think that the transformation scene I loved. It was, it was so really funny. fun. And it's funny because as his like thighs turn from like man thighs to like really sexy woman thighs... It was clear that the woman was wearing a totally different outfit than the man. Yes. But it was switching back and forth as though, like, the outfit was the same and it wasn't. It would be, like, sexy uh, see-through dress for the thighs. And then it would flash to his head where he's wearing this, like, thick cloak. And then back to his thighs. Mm -hmm. It was, man, this was was great. this is really top-of-the-line transformation scenes. It was so I good. know people are really particular about, like, werewolf transformations in movies and stuff, mm-hmm. but you want a transformation, you watch Deathstalker. You watch the transformation from minion to seductive uh, princess. Yeah, who fully owns his new position. It's not like he is now in the mind of the princess. He's just a middle-aged guy in a sexy woman's body who's ready to, like... Go seduce Deathstalker. He plays it up, man. He does a good job. The the newly transformed minion goes to Deathstalker, starts the seduction, and really just muddles it up. It, like, just straight up. All he has to do to get Deathstalker's sword is be like, sit on the bed. Yeah. And then just grab it. And that's that. Instead, somehow, in a way that doesn't even make sense as it has happening, he messes it up and then just turns back into himself. And then he goes down and runs into the um, the sexy warrior later, lady and kills her. Yeah. He's... Like, as he exits the room. I do like that the sexy warrior then 
all, doesn't have her top on again. No. Because she, she did at one point, although we should talk about her outfit. It's pretty funny when she does have a top on. It's like a support bra without a cover. It's like the underwire with two flaps over the nips. <laughs> it's so funny. And then, but she comes running, doesn't have her top on, but does have the cloak. They get in a duel. She stabs him and kills him, but he stabs her in the process. Mm-hmm. Deathstalker, in the meantime... In the previous scene, which we just glossed over, was 100% the most, like, forceful rape scene in the whole movie to the guy who was in disguise as the princess. Made no sense whatsoever. He then picks up the uh, sexy warrior Mm -hmm. and holds her in his arms. Tenderly as she smiles As though he cares about anybody in the world but Deathstalker. (laughs) He doesn't. (laughs) Because he's... Uh, he's just such a complicated character. He's not. He's simple. He only wants Deathstalker's business done. <laughs> it's so weird. This whole the whole scene was just made no sense whatsoever. Also, if she had been in peril, he could have done any number of things to save her. That would have been about two percent effort on his part. But instead, he lets her die and then just holds her as she dies. And then he's like, "Well, anyway, moving yeah. on with this film." While it lasted. And then the next day, there is a tournament. Yeah. And he that's, he's ready. Apparently, that's what's happening now. Well, it's the tournament to see who gets to be Mooncar's like next of kin, I guess. But it's <laughs> successor. It's this whole Not next of kin. He's my next of kin. But there's this whole wrestling scene as all of these, I guess, warriors fight each other. And there's one guy that's actually terrifying to me. He's like small and wiry, and sometimes he wears like bullhorns, but he's oh, like the yeah. stab, 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 stab type. He's the guy who, like, clearly just was at the bar drinking. Holy smokes, and doing meth. Yeah, he's real skinny and scrawny Scary. compared to these, like, meatheads that are out there, like, bashing skulls. Yeah. Yeah, but he runs up and he's got, like, knives taped to his hands or something. I don't know. He was kind of weird. He scares me. I feel like I might have a nightmare about him. I'll let you know. How do you feel about um, dual scenes in movies like this? Like champion scenes? I feel like usually people get really jazzed about them and make them last 10 times as long as they need to. (laughs) In this instant, they made it last 90 times as long as it needed to. Uh, Okay, I would disagree. I I didn't think it was that long. And I thought it was pretty fun. There's clearly some wrestlers. They're doing like full on moves. That's pretty fun. At one point, uh, it's awesome. This guy has a big old hammer, mm-hmm. a massive hammer, like a funhouse hammer, and bashes in this guy's head. That's cool. I'm, I'm like, I'm all for all of this. I think it's fun. It's entertaining. But then it flashes back. This is really quick. This whole part of the film, it kind of it goes back and forth dramatically. Yeah. Because we were just at a tournament in the middle of the day. Yes. Now it's the night. And the friend who has been um, tagging along the with Deathstalker. O- Ogress. Ogress. We find out he's working for the sorcerer. Yeah. And he's like, I can get the sword. I've got a brilliant plan. Yes. Allow me to do it. And he's like, okay, you do it. Then he walks into Deathstalker's <laughs> room and just gets in a fight with him. Yeah. I was so excited to see what his brilliant plan was. No. His plan was to just try and take the sword from Deathstalker. Actually, you know what? 
That was probably a pretty smart plan because it was pretty easy to take a sword. We'll just wait until Deathstalker is trying his next sexual assault, reach down and grab <laughs> it. Every five it's minutes. It's so easy. Yeah, you just take it. But his his huge plan for the sorcerer who is has full faith in this guy is to just get in a fight with Deathstalker. You don't get in a fight with Deathstalker? Yeah, because you get your neck snapped, which happened instantly. He just... Yeah. They wrestle around for like three seconds, and then he puts him in a headlock. And he's End like, eh, see ya. Snaps his neck, and that's that. That yes. was a, not a good plan. No. Sorry. This is, by the way, <laughs> where we get a shot of the sorcerer, and the tattoo on his head is on the wrong side yes. again. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. Now we're back to the tournament. That's why it didn't make sense. No. I why? Thought, is this happening in a different room during or the tournament? Was it supposed to be like different days? Like a I think it's a different tournament? day. But we're in back at the tournament, and we get a cool duel between Pigman yeah. and Deathstalker. Guess I've been who waiting wins? for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I who could it be? I really wanted this to last longer. No, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Yep. And oh, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, Deathstalker dies, and the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> All of the women come and attack. Yeah. So. Okay, after the battle, we're back in the castle, and Deathstalker has a sword, and the hawk guy from the beginning, the one who tra transformed in the hawk, yes. he returns with the amulet, and we find out um, it's not a hawk guy, it's... It's Moonkar. What's the point of that? I don't know. And Deathstalker's like, oh yeah, duh, I'm supposed to be getting this amulet and chalice. <laughs> I was distracted by all the rape. Yeah. Although he uses his powers like they're battling uh -huh. the sword gets knocked out he uses his powers to levitate his sword and bring it back to him a new skill yep grabs the amulet and then decapitates the the guy with the amulet yes. we don't know is monkar at the time we still think he's like a different magician cuts his head off but there's this really awesome scene <laughs> Where the guy grabs his head to yes. put it back on. That's pretty cool. I like that. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. These decapitations, though, I will go back to that uh, whatever Boston Globe reviewer. They were pretty lazy. Yeah. I did enjoy them. I'm a, a big fan and encourage decapitations at all time in films. But these were maybe um, th not the, the most inspired decapitations. But I enjoyed them. I loved them. I thought they were hysterical. It was like somebody was like, and action! And somebody just <laughs> tossed a head in the air. Yeah, that's, that's ideal situation. Pretty awesome. Okay, then it flashes pretty quick to the final battle because Hawkeye puts his head back on, transforms into Zip. Monkar. Yep. But Deathstalker now has the sword and the amulet. Mm -hmm. So Monkar's walking around with a goblet. Like He's only got his chalice. Indiana Jones, Holy Grail chalice. I mean, it's something. That's the chalice of magic, so. <laughs> I love it. Because as they're battling, he's holding this cup as though, like in Golden Child, he can't spill a drop of water. He's Aww. like... He's like keeping it in his hands. There's a lot of wizard tricks here, by the so way. So many. We get multiple Munkars. You know what? This scene was pretty good. Okay. Um, I'm not quite sure how they pulled it off because they clearly couldn't pull off a lot in this film. <laughs> but I was like looking for mistakes. I'm like, yeah, this is good. Okay. He multiplies himself. I liked that scene. And then he shoots magic at, at Deathstalker's sword mm -hmm. and burns him. 
with his magic Terrible. while holding the chalice. Like, I, that's where he gets his power, so he has so to hold it. so nerdy looking. It is. It's the opposite of cool. Here's Deathstalker <laughs> with, like, this badass sword. He's ripped with muscles and a wig, and he's got... Uh, his amulet, and then here is Hot Topic guy with a goatee and a head <laughs> tattoo, like holding a chalice, shooting magic. <laughs> this is this is pretty cool. I liked this end. And then the old witch appears and tells Deathstalker to take the chalice. Yeah, because uh, Munkar's created fire, and Deathstalker's like, "Oh hell no!" and just walks through the fire. I mean, it's just a small wall of and fire. Munkar's like, "Oh." Okay, uh, clearly I can't control this, and just gives him the chalice. After he this, easily this entire takes kingdom that he's built up, he's just like, oh, screw it. You, you can have it. it. Mm-hmm. And then Deathstalker, for the first time in his entire life, has a conscience. It's like, we need to destroy this, because in the wrong hands, people do bad things. And I'm like... Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, you're the one to be the moral judge here. Yeah, you and I were both like, and <laughs> right. who should have this? Death Stalker, champion of justice and moral beliefs, Ugh. but he decides to destroy everything, and Munker's pissed about this. He's mm-hmm. like, you jerk, you're ruining everything. But then he takes Munker and throws him into the crowd. This is like a Day of the Dead scene where he just throws him into the crowd and they kind of zombie him up mm-hmm. and just tear him apart. Like you do. They they quickly, I don't know where they got the ropes or the horses, but they tie him up and draw and quarter him. There's always somebody on standby. This is a great scene. His limbs rip off and blood just sprays everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, yeah, this is an ending. It's ridiculous, though, because like Munkar's lame, but Deathstalker's Far less likable. Yeah, I could have done with a dual death here. Like, if you had to choose who you were going to invite over to dinner, Deathstalker or Munkar? Mm, no, I'm going to push back on that one. Really? Munkar would be like, let me show you some jazz. But he clearly doesn't listen to jazz. But that, that, would be, that would be okay. I mean, as opposed to whatever Deathstalker is going to bring to the table, none of it's good. These guys are very different. Yeah. Outside of these roles, you know Deathstalker like wears a tool belt with no shirt on and no walks pants around. On. <laughs> no, yeah, no pants on too. <laughs> Whereas Mokar clearly has his black turtleneck back on, uh-huh. is sipping some Chardonnay. Living in his mom's basement. It's they're very different people. Yeah. Very different. So anyway, um, one of the bad guys dies, and the other has maybe destroyed these elements of power I don't know. or creation. We get, this is no holding back. So if this came out before He-Man, great. If this came out at the same time, while okay. the universe is a magical place. If this came out after, this is a full-on ripoff. Because he, not joking, literally holds a sword up, says he has the power... Lightning comes down and it glows blue and he is like the power man of the universe. It's, yep. it's like, okay, well, that's happening. Yep. And then it ends. Very abruptly. Yeah. And, and that's also okay. <laughs> I mean, do you need more? What did you think of Deathstalker? Oh, uh, I'm not going to give this my seal of approval. Really? No. Okay. It's too terrible. I don't know. I'm mixed because if this is where we're going to start, like, crossing the line with 80s, then we're screwed because 
several movies we've already watched have already been oh, around yeah. here. So it's not about that. Like the sexual assault is very abundant. Um, in a lot of films. There's even one review where uh, somebody was reviewing Barbarian Queen, one mm-hmm. of the other Roger Corman films, and they they wrote, uh, Barbarian Queen answers the question, was Deathstalker rapey enough? Oh, no. <laughs> that was the review. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that side of it, which makes it, like, hard to just be like, I love Deathstalker. No. But you can't just say you love Deathstalker. That's horrible. I don't. You a bad yeah, person. <laughs> this is not a good film. But there are some qualities. They're very uh, sorceress kind of qualities to it, or she qualities, where it's got, like, really campy, fun yeah, sword those and sorcery are elements that are awesome. Mm-hmm. I so there's like it's mixed feelings about this one. I'm not going to say I hate it. I'm not going to say I love it because there are some good elements, but it clearly is. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I do want to watch the others and see how they hold up compared to the first. Because I think that they just get more campy as it goes on. I would love to see a lot more camp. I loved those elements to it. If Wynorski's involved, you're going to get that. I mean, that's just the way it goes. If you have Corman and him involved, you get Sorceress, right? Mm -hmm. So we know what we're in for. It was hard, though, because even in these dumb movies, you look for a hero, even an unlikely dumb hero who's bumbling along. But... Deathstalker himself was so horribly unlikable and not even in a fun way, not an I love to hate this character way. It was just like, ick. He wasn't even like good at what he did, though. He was, yeah, he was just all around kind of like, okay. Yeah. You're real buff, dude. Yeah, but there are uh, four of them that got made. Why? Okay. <laughs> okay. It's just whatever. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the episode. Check out the movie uh, just for the sake of seeing it. Uh, if you like our podcast, you like what we're doing, recommend it to a friend. We could definitely use um, the the word of mouth. We always enjoy that. That's uh, fun to, to get. We thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Thank you to everybody who's been leaving um, ratings and reviews. We are on Instagram at Laser Graves. You can download us wherever you get podcasts. Uh, iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, all that kind of good stuff. You can go to lasergraves.com. And then if you want to follow our personal sites on Instagram, I'm at death at 33 RPM. I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer. And that's all we have for you this week. So uh, until next week, keep flexing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.